Oh, what do you friggin' know? Oh, it's a hit. Part two. <laughs> now that's a hit. You know it when you hear it. I don't even hear it when it... <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up the line. Defiler at their peak right there. They out of my way. Oh, buddy boy. Got a blue moon. Hit it. Hot on my in your Yes. Ear and in your eyes. Sir, everybody, how are you doing? We are back once again. Hello, folks. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Pod Oh My. <laughs> we hope you are doing well. I am Tyler. He is Dan. How you doing, my friend? Doing all right. Doing all right, T. How yeah, you doing? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Another you know? freaking day. Just the old grind. Oh, yeah. You know, another day, another dollar, another donut. Another dollar that the government's stealing from you. Those motherfuckers, Jeez. son of a bitch. It's crazy out there. Maron. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, other day uh, was a sad day, unfortunately. It was uh, yes. 10 years since we've lost a great man. Yes. That would be the legendary James Gandolfini, of course. Yes, we are. We're, we're recording this the day after his uh, 10th. The past, the, the the anniversary, I guess you call it, of his uh, ten years since he passed. Yeah. Definitely a sad day. I don't know. We've been on Twitter for a while doing it. Definitely felt like there was an uptick in conversation about it and reaction to it and people talking about it. Absolutely, I yeah, think he was trending. I think at some point, James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. Think a lot that of ten year mark for some him. reason. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, crazy. So much time has passed and. uh yeah, I remember, like, uh, I maybe mentioned on a uh, pod episode before, I watched the show back in, like, 2011 about. So uh, his passing was, you know, that was pretty close after uh, watching it. So, you know, I was uh, pretty heavy into a lot of Gandolfini content and uh, his movies, all the stuff he did at that point. And, uh, yeah, it definitely hit hard. I know it hit hard for a lot of people out there. So, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, and... Definitely, you know, there's for for tons of reasons. People have a lot of connections they feel t- to to him and the show, his character, all, all that. I I know me personally, just uh, looking at a lot of the posts and reactions that were out there, a lot of cast and uh, crew and David Chase and Michael Imperioli, David Proval, everybody, right. uh, Catherine Narducci, mm-hmm. so many people from the, from the show involved at the show, put out you know really touching uh, social media posts for some reason. Michael referring uh, his a nice picture of Michael and James Gandolfini, uh, Michael Imperioli. I'm talking about, right? And uh, he the first thing he said was Batman and Robin. <laughs> for for some reason that that just kind of hit me. I, I don't know if it's because that's how you know we kind of view them. So it was kind of nice to see him kind of refer to them in in, in that kind of sense. I to be honest, I I don't know if I ever really did see them in that sense, but after he oh, said really? it, after he said it, I was just looking well, at the. I can imagine the. Just like, uh, I I guess little Batman outfit, little uh, Robin. Oh well, yeah, I, don't, I didn't mean that too literally. I I guess I, I just meant I, like I, it, may in have, it, I may have seen it a little more literal. Yeah, <laughs> <when> I, <laughs> I kind of just meant it in like you know the the the, big the dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all, yeah. all these all these freaking years, I was thinking, there's that motherfucker Tony. 
He looks just like Bruce Wayne. The fucking striking similarity, my fucking all. And this motherfucker looks just like Robin. How the fuck oh did David God. Chase cast these fucking guys? Where did he find them? Oh my God! Yeah. The, the David Preval pick of him as a as a joke. Mm-hmm. It could mm-hmm. work. It could work. <laughs> it was all there, T. Oh man. But uh, yeah, Gandolfini, man, uh, born anima. That's uh, you know, doesn't get any easier. But uh, you know, what an impact he left. Impact he left. Mm-hmm. Definitely and something we'll, we'll always feel, unfortunately. Absolutely. But uh, nevertheless, uh, this episode we have for you today, we're doing another music episode. Oh. We hope you like it, because that's what you're getting. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we've done one of these in the past. Um, we figured there's tons still uh, there's tons of meat still on the bone when it comes to the music throughout the show some of it are songs we just like some of it are songs that fit well some of it are songs that are actually helping tell the story of what we're seeing on the screen and it is incredible considering we did this already once and we got through 30 some odd songs <laughs> and there's still more to pick from after this one. Oh, so many but like. it is incredible how many times david chase because he has said before he was in he he was the one responsible for the music um it's amazing how many times he found songs that perfectly fit the scene that we are that that we're watching we're, we're gonna go over plenty of them but right absolutely yeah and uh last time we didn't go over uh woke up this morning uh said we'd save it for the next one and uh i didn't lie to you i got a lot of good info here on, it was the, go. on the great intro one of my favorite intros a lot of people uh you know it's a kind of a debated topic i think recently i think mm-hmm. i've seen on the on the social medias, uh, some people love it, some hate it. Well, it was um, specifically about the. There was like a really big conversation about the intro itself, or just the intro in general. So I don't know if it was the song or the song plus what we see. I kind of took it as that, but either way, it was blasphemy. Yeah, total blasphemy. We love the fucking song, but uh, we got a little uh, background info here on the song itself. Um, it was inspired by the case of Sarah Thornton. Thornton, a domestic abuse survivor in Warwickshire, England. Warwickshire? I don't know how to pronounce that. Shire. Forgive me if I pronounced that wrong, our uh, friend across the water there. But uh, in 1989, (laughs) she uh, murdered her husband, Malcolm, by stabbing him repeatedly while he was sleeping on the couch. And uh, he had made some threats to her and their young daughter. But uh, she was convicted of murder in 1990. They lowered the charge, uh, or what you would call it, they cleared the charge, 96, and charged her with just manslaughter. And then she was freed. And frontman Rob Sprague of uh, Alabama 3, now known as A3 because they had some uh, little copyright issues, I believe, with some other band of the same name or similar name. So they had to change it to A3. But uh, anywho... Frontman Rob Sprague of A3 had said uh, she had woke up one morning, decided to get herself a knife, and that would have been the lyric, but it didn't sound so good. You know, as woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. So, uh, you know, the rest is, uh, <laughs> rest is rest <laughs> is history. And uh, they, they released the uh, track on their uh, 97 album, Exile on Cold Harbor Lane, a nod to the Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street. Uh, you might be familiar with the line uh, comes in, I believe, in Blue Comet, maybe in the finale of the series. But, uh, you know, Exile on Main Street, Jettish, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> we are when uh, when when Janice is saying that her and Bobby want to help uh, Junior, contr- uh, you know, pull together money to get him out of this state facility or keep him in the facility to avoid him going to the state facility. Right. And uh, yeah, Tony's not happy about that. Oh no, exile me, don't say that. Right. So. Woke up this morning, right, hails from exile on Cold Harbor Lane, a little uh, South London twist to uh, the Stones album. But uh, David Chase, while preparing for, uh, you know, creating The Sopranos, he was listening to a lot of uh, college radio, and there was an NPR station, I believe his actual words I got from a little interview here I found on the internet from, uh, like, 2014. But uh, he said he, he had lived in Santa Monica, California. There was a great NPR radio station there, KCRW. And they had a lot of great music and a uh, music supervisor. And they played stuff you didn't hear anywhere else, like Woke Up This Morning. So, uh, you know, he kept it in the back of his head. And when HBO said the show was going to be a weekly series, they tried a four, about four or five other songs against the title sequence, and that was the best one. So... They have folks some rest is history. They got paid uh five hundred bucks to use the song from HBO, which doesn't seem like a lot of money at the time, but uh, you know, it was a lot more money than folks. That's nah, not a lot of fucking money. <laughs> That's it. But uh but hey, they made in royalties, uh all factored together as of twenty nineteen, four hundred thousand dollars. So not too bad in twenty nineteen and as we know a great resurgence of the show. I'm sure a lot of use of Woke Up This Morning mm-hmm. as it was used in The Many Saints of Newark, Chase's uh, prequel film, 2021. So uh, I'm sure that's garnered uh, quite a chunk of change now. Indeed. I would imagine so. Nas sampled it in a song. Nas sampled it as well. Which was reused. Right. That, that, that Nas song was used in a john wick trailer i don't know if it was in the movie i haven't i hadn't seen it but yep yep i believe yeah trailer maybe in the movie as well but either way it hits pretty well i'll say that it's yeah it's hits the trailer well and and then the actual song and hits pretty well too to me it feels it's one of those kind of timeless kind of just little hooks that Mm -hmm. the the chorus to me um just a great great little song man yeah uh, Especially, I think we were talking about uh, last episode, the Isabella commentary, which if you haven't checked it out, check that shit out. But um, we were talking about how the intro with all the New Jersey scenery and everything just really just hits with the, especially with the music going along. Yeah, it's it's a song I literally never get tired of every single time. We always, you know, we talk about you never freaking skip the intro around here. What the fuck are you doing? But that's uh, blasphemy. And a part of that is because the song, you never get tired of the song. It's a great song. I listen to it. You listen to it on its own all the time. Uh, like you said, it's just got a gr- great little hook to it. And even though, you know, it's not something, especially, you know, or irregardless, I should say, of uh, the the real story that it's based on, it's not really something that you're going to kind relate of, it, to. It's kind of a twist on, I guess, because you're getting Tony. If you're thinking Tony's waking up and getting the gun, I mean, the right. real story is a wo- so woman getting a knife and killing her husband. Right. It's basically kind Janice. Of, yeah, it's kind of basically Janice. Yeah. I'm not on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, you, you kind of catch yourself, like, singing along, like, God, you're so, and you're like, what did I just say? I didn't do, I, I'm not doing that at all. But <laughs> for, for some reason, it's just, uh, 
like you said, it's just you one know, of those things, one of those songs. It's just one of those songs, D. But um, yeah, um, you know, it wasn't the only song Chase considered for the intro. Uh, that one little uh, interview, uh, he continued on to say, when asked what else do you consider, and he said when it was when he says it was the best, he didn't mean the best song. This was the most interesting fit, as mm-hmm. Chase says. There was Complicated Shadows, the Elvis Costello song. You may be familiar because it plays at the end of uh, Denial, Anger, and Acceptance, Mm. the third episode of the first season. Um, There was also Where Have All the Good Times Gone by the Kinks. I mean, uh, a few other Kinks songs. You got uh, uh, Living on a Thin Line uh, that we had mentioned, I believe, last uh, music episode. We talked about that song a bit. And uh, I'm not like everybody else plays fifth season. Then uh, there was you better one. Uh, Chase goes on to say there there was you better run by the rascals, which uh, that has a little story behind it because that's how Stevie Van Zant got his role as Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Let's, the take, let's ra- hear that one. The rascals from New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> hear what I said? Don't. <laughs> They're from New Jersey, and they got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in '97. And Chase. What saw also happened in '97? A little thing called the Sopranos. Pilot. Oh. And David Chase saw Stevie Van Zant give the induction speech. And folks, if you haven't seen it, I mean, give it a watch. I mean, <laughs> some may be familiar with Stevie Van Zant in just a regular talking voice and whatnot, and you know, um, his just kind of northeast Jersey pizzazz, you know, but uh. Yeah, uh, give it a watch because I just feel uh, the first few seconds you just feel total Silvio. If you were David Chase watching it, you would say, you know, wow, this is my character right here. Or, I mean, if you were, I I'll tell you what, Dan, <clears throat> I hadn't seen it before, and Dan showed me a couple of seconds of it before we got started here tonight, and literally within the first three <laughs> seconds, you're like, yep, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> to the point where we started discussing, it might have. Uh, been a, a even a reference point for uh, Stevie Van Zandt through you know for finding the character and acting on it because we talked about how as Dan just said if you know David Chase was going to use that as a you know kind of point of where he got the uh, inspiration from it kind of would make sense for Stevie for then to then kind of lead into that within the character so Absolutely. that might be how we kind of got to that point but yeah no matter what it's hysterical but yeah it's just uh, great stuff and a great little history on how Silvio got the role and you know how the intro song came out to be but uh chase actually goes on to say that the, they used a temp temporary title track another track uh a dance track by a group called funky green dogs or something <laughs> like that and uh there is a song by funky green dogs that plays in the pilot episode how about that <laughs> how about that d uh, when uh, Hesh goes to visit uh, Sil, Tony, and Chrissy at the Bing to talk about Mahaffey not having the money, uh, you hear this song playing in the background at the Bing. You know, great little dance track for the, uh, you know, for the strippers to uh, do their thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the one thing that strikes me is you get a few great lines from the scene. You get, uh, I think, actually each of them have their own kind of iconic line. You have... Uh, Hesh thinking that uh, Big Pussy Bompentiero is going to get killed and Tony goes, my pussy, Big Pussy. <laughs> it's just the 
the way he asks it, you know, my puss. Oh, just just great stuff. Then uh, he's also talking about how uh, Junior's kind of bitter, not having his uh, you know, role top role, and uh, sadness accrues. That's another <laughs> great one. And then you got Hesh's, of course. Man is driven in toto by his insecurities. <laughs> great fucking in toto. In toto. Great stuff. But um, uh, also Chrissy, hey, garbage is our bread and butter tea. <laughs> That's just so many great lines to come out of that scene, along with this funky dogs track, just you know, pounding in the background there. And uh, I, you know, I think the fact the song's called "Fired Up," I, you know, we try to find some relation to what they're talking about in the scene, maybe see if there's anything that could correlate to what's going on. I think since uh, they're kind of talking about um, not only uh, Junior being kind of bitter, being somewhat fired up in a sense, maybe. And uh, Hesh also gives the plan for uh, not to burn Vesuvios, but the plan to get Artie out. But since the song is called you know, fired up. I mean, I think that could be a, a little nod to maybe the future of Vesuvios, perhaps. But, uh, you know, that's just my take there, D. You know. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Ride the painted pony. Let the spinning wheel glide. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> oh, oh, but, how, uh, do you, how these uh, webs weave. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh yeah, that's funky green dogs fired up. Great and, little pilots. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you like you said, it, it kind of feels uh pretty fitting in that club setting. Yeah, I think it's uh it's a good one. Yeah. It would have been interesting as an intro song, but not as hitting as Woke Up This Morning. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I said. Oh, I did for sure. So we'll try to uh I think we believe we uh we kept these all in order here, so we're just going to go through it in order so the next couple up here are from yours truly the first being from down next season one episode seven and that's uh mystic eyes from them and van morrison oh yeah oh yeah it's uh to me i i was uh watching it recently I don't know if there was, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if there's a ton with the lyrics that necessarily connect with when we see it, but um, it, it it came out in 1965, which would be more or less around the time of Tony's flashback, maybe I think maybe a little early, yeah, but just around there. You would know at that time, yeah. for sure. And uh, it definitely really fits for that era. You It kind of, when you that flashback hits and you start uh, feeling that or hearing that music, you kind of feel that, that 60s vibe for sure. And it's, yes, uh, it's at the beginning of the flashback when Tony's describing uh, to Dr. Melfi going into the car and seeing Johnny Boy and Janice uh, down at the carnival or the uh, not the carnival is it a carnival yeah, yeah carnival. carnival whatever yeah. the whatever the hell you want to call it a carnival affair yeah. this that and the other it's a painted pony <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah you it, it doesn't play throughout the entire flashback but it's kind of the beginning portion of it and uh, it's just it, I listen to that another song most of these that I'm going to mention I listen to them pretty regularly on their own but that's that's one for me Van Morrison's kind of sneaky up there on my list and uh, and I uh, had a couple other ones uh Throughout the series, mm-hmm. uh, had Gloria, mm-hmm. Glad Tidings. We think we talked Glad about tidings. that we one. The first about the one, la- yeah. the last uh, music episode. Gloria, like you mentioned, that's another good one. Yes, for sure. 
For sure. Definitely a good early season good. song. Good. Another one that's kind of, um, I think it's pretty under the radar. Don't hear much about it or the scenes doesn't, it doesn't come up too often on, on Twitter. Kind of because it's one of the more unfortunate episodes that we have to sit through <laughs> as a fan. Not because it's, it's a very good episode, actually. It's a great episode. And um, in the first season, it really shows a lot of like Tony's therapy and Melfi stuff and how some of that plays out with Coach Hauser. And of course, I'm talking right. about Boca, <clears throat> season one, episode nine. Fuck this. I'm going to Boca. <laughs> the song I am referring to here is uh, Buena by Morphine. And it is actually, we hear it twice in this episode. Uh, that's going to be another theme by the way, is <laughs> songs that come up multiple times in an episode. And yep. that's a key to me. I don't know, Dan, if you feel the same way. When you hear a song multiple times in an episode, that's when I kind of get a, a feeling. If I haven't already caught it or if I am uh, was sleeping on it, the song just in general, if I realize, oh, well, this was in the episode already. David Chase is telling us something. That's that not an accident. <laughs> that for sure that as well as i think it carries like uh gives the episode a particular vibe because mm-hmm. then you hear it, it's like oh yeah this is that episode mm-hmm. you know when you hear it it's something to associate with for I, sure i feel like um there was the one song viking by los lobos that was in the one mm-hmm. episode of richie comes back plays the when richie's uh you know getting his joint copped and then end of the episode Some of the yes feels, uh, but yeah and there, there's gonna be a bunch of those but this is one of them the first time we hear it is kind of a little bit in the background uh, when Tony and Carm walk, uh, they enter their home and Meadow is in the kind of den area with Allie and they're watching the TV and Tony and Carm are having the conversation with Allie about how she's feeling, how she's doing. And she says she's going to play again. And, you know, that that whole conversation. And Carm, uh, Meadow says, you know, we're trying to watch this. <laughs> and uh, that <clears throat> right off the bat, just watching the video and just hearing it a little bit in the background again such a classic feel for the 90s it has such a 90s vibe to it and uh it's a little bit to your point that's part of some of these songs is that he's david chase is hitting on the vibes of the moment and uh this has definitely got a 90s vibe to me uh later on we hear it at the end of the episode and it plays in the credits and i think that is where we maybe get a, a little bit of insight of if there has some meaning to this one and first of all Allie cuts herself, right? Unfortunately, very unfortunately. The band, again, name is called Morphine. Mm-hmm. The album, Cure for the Pain. Ooh. Hello. Hello. And these lyrics are in the song, and we do hear them in the credits. You see, I met a devil named Buena Buena, and since I met the devil, I ain't been the same. Oh, no. That immediately, when I heard that, I was like, wow, Coach Hauser in all red. How about that? Ooh. I thought that might have been a little bit of a coincidence just because they have Meadow in the Falcons red in the pilot, yeah. but they could have easily gotten rid of that if they felt the, they wanted to. Nevertheless, I definitely think that's he's the devil for her, no doubt, whether she, whether the red is the, th- the thing of it or not. Uh, I would say she's never been the same in that sense because she's completely captivated by this whole thing, right? right. She's ready, literally she's ready to self-harm. She, she says... Uh, Meadow says that Allie loves him when she tells Tone, Tony and Carm about the whole thing to begin with. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think that was the first time for me, or maybe not the first time, but the first time in, in this episode where I was like, oh, I think he might be saying something here, David that's, Chase. I, that's something, yeah. Never considered that one, but that is 
quite the catch there if uh, I do so say so so myself because <laughs> to be totally honest with you I'd listen to the song probably a good like hundred or so times without ever making that connection and it was one of those songs for me that candidly I never quite made out the lyrics totally perfectly <laughs> without before I looked them up and yeah. uh, making sure I heard them right the last time I was watching the episode uh, to verify these notes that I have here but uh yeah when as soon as i saw that i was like wow you fucking motherfucker you snuck it right on that fucking nose he was wearing all fucking the red fucking time holy wearing a shit. fucking wire my <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, my um what was i gonna say too before uh that you were saying something about having the alternative feel it definitely has such a uh mm. feels like it would be a classic uh alternative 90s oh yeah. radio you know so it, just uh we're we're both from that era so we both really uh, you know this is a little bit early for us but we're, we're from the 90s era and uh, the 90s music and so we, we know what the fuck we're talking about yeah, all we right? know what we're talking about all right so shut the fuck up if you Jeez. disagree moving on <laughs> to season two the episode we actually have on right now that is episode four commendatory oh hey. like a commander and i am going with the man himself dr dre the original dr Dr. dre Dre. (laughs) when i hear dr dre this is the man i think of (laughs) all right and if anybody has a problem with that come find me oh (laughs) god that this is a new one i've never no yeah and that's and it's forever now and Uh, shall be oh yeah dr dre Andrea Bocelli. Bocelli. Oh, Maron. <laughs> Again, I, I love this song. I really do. It's the Chronica. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Can you imagine a Dr. Day, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre mashup? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that, would, that, that would hit. A man can dream. Man. <laughs> Hey, hey, Dre! If you're listening, <laughs> producer Dre, if you're listening, oh you got the you you're sitting with the ones and twos. I mean, come on, you know, let's make it fucking happen. <laughs> Cut a on. record. We know a man by the name of Hesh <laughs> can get it done. Yeah, hits a hit, and that, my friend, would be a fucking hit. That would be a hit. So, <laughs> to give the man his due now, <laughs> reel it in. Uh, Conte Partiro is the song of course um i think i was just playing in the episode i'm looking up and was, uh, so that's why i kind of got yeah. lost there for plays, a second plays a, yeah it plays yeah. it plays a ton few, as few i will go into well. hopefully i caught all the instances if you if i missed one be sure to fucking let me know <laughs> before that i'll say it means the phrase with you i'll go with you i'll be there i've i saw a couple different variations of that but nevertheless that's what it means I'll be fucking with you, all right? I'm fucking following you. You're one with me, all right? Fucking chill the fuck out. So, like I said, it plays multiple times. The first time that I have here is when the girls are sitting in Vesuvio. They're having their nice lunch. And Angie's telling the story or telling uh, telling the girls about Puss and that he's... You know, he's he's a totally absent man at this point, totally absent father, absent husband, the whole deal. He hasn't touched her. He doesn't care about how, that she's sick. Either way, when the diagnosis, whatever happens, whatever she gets, she's mm-hmm. divorcing him. It kind of really crescendos very well, uh, I will say. 
it <clears throat> it, it hits which it'll crescendos a later point really well um and this is kind of in and out through tony watching um oh no but excuse me this is i'm gonna get to that a little bit later but yeah this it, it kind of crescendos really well and it hits as as angie is talking about as soon as she's saying that she's gonna leave him either way it, it they ramp it up and you're just like oh god damn like shh puss he's laying it on yeah fuck jesus christ Artie's standing there just turning the volume knob up like all right just <laughs> you like this ladies <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus then we 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 <laughs> just picturing his face now <laughs> blasting the music <laughs> totally totally missing what's going on <laughs> let's get you like this lady <laughs> Me, yeah, on. but <laughs> again, we hear it then later on. Uh, we see Tony, she he starts going in and out of uh, seeing or not in and out. Tony's watching Annalisa starting to get her nails manicured and clipped on. And as he's watching that, we go back to the house, Tony and Carmela's house. And Carmela is sitting in the kitchen in like a nice daze, listening to the beautiful song at the same time, which. You know, it's a nice little piece of editing, a nice, nice little creativity there, I must say, because first it's a added to the uh, the soundtrack and then it is heard in the actual episode itself in terms of Carmelo is actually listening to the right. song. Janice comes in, she talks on it, she comments on the song and she's trying to get Carmelo to get over her, uh, <laughs> her, uh, but she, she got her no Italian blues. Yeah. She, she, she's, she's, she's wishing she was in the, uh, the homeland and, uh, she's not. Oh, God. Uh, they get into the conversation about Richie and, you know, he's really changed that whole, that whole stuff. So, you know, we're, we're talking about love. So it's in the air. Oh yeah. In that respect. Oh, yeah kind of cuts back to tony watching annalisa again and now we kind of see as the nail or the, the nails kind of get picked up i don't know if tony we, we kind of she can, burns them yeah <laughs> i don't know kind of weirded me out a little bit the first time but some italian witchcraft yeah, yeah I'd, I'd have to say so they take the nails and then they do a trick on you <laughs> then towards the end of the episode is really when it just like really 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 smacks you in the face uh, this is how they end the episode, and we hear it in the credits as Carmela is in her house, and getting getting in the she's in the bedroom, getting tidied up, putting stuff together, whatever it is, and she hears Tony come through the the, the front door, and we hear the song, and it crescendos again in the exact same way it crescendoed earlier on. I'm saying I'm using crescendo correctly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know. Uh, oh. For 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 the non-Italians, yeah. that's uh, that's to get louder. Yeah, to grow louder. Uh, for for yeah. some reason, I just had a weird feeling about yeah, that. But that. yeah, yeah. Just check to the Google speed, just just, just to make sure. But in the same exact way, where Angie is yeah. talking about when gradual increasing yes, sound. There we go. You know? My own crescendos. You know. So. Yeah. Referencing right. earlier in the episode when Angie's at the table with the girls in Vesuvio talking about that she's going to leave Puss, she says when Puss came home finally, when he was missing and from the end of season one and when he came back to begin season two, um, her stomach dropped when he walked through the door. <laughs> she was she realized she was not happy. And we see on Carm's face that she is telling us she is feeling the exact same fucking way. <laughs> she doesn't say a goddamn word, but she says it all with her face, her body, her everything, the, the soul just just ripped right out of her oh yeah 
uh, it is a great piece of. I was thinking this last night. She she is so goddamn good, Edie Falco. Absolutely. And people talk about it all the time, and she got tons of praise, and you know, for her work in general and her work on this show. But there are so many times throughout the show where we talk about James Gandolfini being so great with his body and with his eyes and all those things. There are so many times where she does the same exact thing or so many times where she has such an authentic, real reaction. She, model, fucking <laughs> incredible. Really, really is. Kills it every time. It really. Falco. And uh, one quick one, again, to mention before I hand it over here to Dan for a couple uh, we hear it again later on in season two in episode 10. Again, it's it's kind of interestingly used. Carm is listening to it when she is admiring the wallpaper in her new be- in her new uh, dining room. Ooh. And Vic Moose, though, oh. gives her the there old ring a ding ding. And they have that ring a ding ding. They have that oh, conversation. Filthy about it. <laughs> oh, he was trying to slip in a ring ding. <laughs> the ring ding. <laughs> But they have that conversation the where, where he says he you know he'd miss a he'd love a home cooked meal and they get into the whole the conversation about what they're gonna make and what they're gonna do and it's it's still uh, playing in the background as Carm is talking so when Vic is talking you don't hear it but when when Carm is talking and when you see her in the kitchen you hear it and uh, yeah it's it's just kind of interesting there it hits again a little bit for the actual moment of what Carm is you know kind of feeling she's she's ready to just burst out right. there she maybe yeah i'll go with you I'll right, go right. With you all night long. <laughs> i'll go with you jeez uh that is pretty good that would yeah kind of flip-flops like that it's kind of uh maybe an opposite kind of feeling to how the women feel uh you mm-hmm. know in those moments earlier on and then yeah Carm kind of saying all right you know i'm going with this uh this vic but uh, he ain't going with her. Oh. <laughs> he ran far away. He ran to uh, to a place called Swingtown. <laughs> <laughs> nice transition, my friend. Yeah, that's how we're gonna do it here. Cause you get uh, Swingtown by Steve Miller Band playing in D Girl episode. This is playing when they go uh, Chrissy John Favreau. You know what a <laughs> what a matchup there. And, Vince Vaughn uh, didn't come down there. Vince Vaughn wasn't there. Don't worry. And uh, the D girl, uh, what's her name? Oh, I'm blanking on her name right now. I just know Emily. No. no, I'll look it up. Shit. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Chrissy, John Favreau, and the D girl. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, are in the uh, in the pizza parlor. Not disrespecting it, you know. But uh, you get Swingtown by Steve Miller Band playing in the background there. Uh, the song in particular, you know, not really, I think, much going on lyrically. Uh, this song and the next song that it actually goes into, I'd say they're both uh, classic rock hits. Um, but uh, the song that plays next is uh, Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. As Chris starts to tell a story about the uh, the one woman that he sees walk in. Mm-hmm. That uh, he has this whole story that uh, she gets burned by the acid because uh, whole spiel thought uh, you know guy thought she was uh, a woman but she had a uh, you know she had a sausage to uh, you know so uh, yeah that uh, anywho two great classic rock songs <laughs> that play back to back but uh, Rhiannon is 
definitely a different feel from swing town just mm -hmm. the kind of guitar and the the vibe of the song kind of it's like a perfect setup for chris they they all of a sudden kind of like lean in and it's just like let me tell you this fucking story <laughs> it's just dun, 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 dun. fucking just i think it's perfect uh matchup of songs just great selection there as always uh on all these songs but um you know uh a little something about Rihanna in itself, because it's a song uh, Stevie Nicks, I believe, uh, had said uh, Rihanna, and, um, she had wrote about a uh, old Welsh uh, medieval, um, ancient medieval Welsh writings. God, that's a mouthful. Raquel yeah. Welsh. Raquel Welsh, <laughs> there you go. But uh, she was, uh, you know, a character in these old texts, and she was a beautiful woman who rode a shining white horse. And uh, it's uh, pretty funny in juxtaposition to the, you know, acid-burned woman that we see <laughs> in the pizza parlor. So, uh, you know, not, not such a beautiful woman, unfortunately. But, yeah, that uh, I'm not sure if that's maybe the idea there or just, like I said, just two great classic rock songs. Sets up the vibe for Chris's little story there. But, um, yeah, just two that I, that I like to mention there. I think it was a good good song choice on whoever decided that. They could have chose any two classic rock songs, but I think that was a just tasteful tasteful choosing. Oh, and that's for sure, I'm sure. No, they uh like definitely um like you said, kind of kind of fits the vibe very well. Some sometimes that's that's all it's about. Sometimes like we said, we just like it. Sometimes they tell deeper stories, but like you said, uh, kind of the way they get into the story in the in the pizza parlor just kind of Fit a little bit. Just fits the mood. Oh, yeah. For me, we have uh, in uh, Season 2, Episode 13, the finale, uh, Fun House, a song we hear again more than once. <laughs> and that is a classic with a twist in a sense, or it's from a classic with a twist, and that is a through and through with by the Rolling Stones. Oh. But hold on a minute, Mr. Keith Richards. He's got the lead vocals on this yeah. one, my friend. No Mick Jagger, step aside. <laughs> you don't got the moves this time. Hey, Mick, I'll just sit on the sideline for this one, okay? <laughs> and uh, the first time we hear it, uh, we hear it kind of briefly, briefly for a little bit. And when Tony and Puss are in the restaurant, the uh, the Indian restaurant, right. uh, doing their business, conducting their business. And as the waiter, who is not actually serving them, kind of walks out with the fish that is prominently fish. featured. Fish? Is that you, puss? <laughs> or did they order the salmon? <laughs> Slamming salmon. But yes, so we that's when we first hear it. Get a little brief little snippet of it there. But the real hitter is uh, at the end of the episode. It kind of plays as that montage of the whole episode is kind of going on. There's a couple different moments in the montage where I feel like, you know, the the song is is kind of talking about someone waiting on waiting on hearing from somebody kind of th most right. likely a lover right um well not not most likely likely that's what it is about <laughs> but you know so, so it's kind of got that like little bit of a desperate kind of feel to it sort of here there um I think one of the points where I kind of feel like it really hits really well is when we see Davy 
and he's oh, kind of he, he packs up the car <laughs> and he's kind of looking around the parking lot at like kind of nothing because what the hell would he be looking at but he's kind of looking around like ah oh, this is it but it's a dreary ending for him because he's heading to Reno. He's right. he's heading to the gambling capital, and he just like you know gambled his life away. It's just like just heading to the straight to the bottom of the bottom. Like yeah, poor fucking guy, man. The um, the the only interesting thing I would say about the song be in that aspect, other than you know, obviously I I think it's a great song, Rolling Stones classic. You know, I think Keith Richards on the vocals, you know, joked about it, but I think that does give it a really kind of cool twist. Um, it's a song that I, I just really enjoy, yeah, but I think, absolutely. um, kind of artistically, it's kind of cool how, um, the season ends with the kind of montage similarly to the beginning of season two, how it starts with that montage that they have, uh, it was a very good year. We talked about that great. in the Another first episode of yes. a hit is a hit. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I just think that was some nice little, uh, circular stuff they had going on there. <laughs> it's great stuff. It's, uh, it that song is a hit for sure um i like how it crescendos how it how it builds up you know how it makes a perfect montage song i think um it, the starts the off of kind of yeah. slow and then picks up and then kicking into the credits is like kind of when the song kind of breaks and mm-hmm. you know yeah, ends yeah. out and uh yeah great choice great choice but uh on and on and through and through we continue to uh season three where we uh we're gonna go a little twist here, a little uh, new metal kick uh, right go. now, because we got the you know Eyeless by Slipknot. You know the song, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But you hear mm. a little bit of it when uh, AJ's having his little Robert Frost conversation with Meadow, that asshole Robert Frost. You know, but you don't hear much. Uh, you don't hear much lyrics from Eyeless from Slipknot, but uh, you hear like kind of the end breakdown and uh, Corey Taylor, y'all motherfucker, and uh, Meadow turns it off. Like I don't want to hear this shit. But uh, something interesting about the lyrics, if you do go and check out the song, uh, some lyrics: uh, "You can't see California without Marlon Brando's eyes." Great lyric, mm. but uh, Marlon Brando, Godfather, obviously. Heavy Godfather references and Sopranos, you know, just uh, some little tie-ins here. But uh, another great lyric that I think ties in for AJ, maybe happening to be listening to this song. Uh, I am my father's son because he's a phantom of mystery, and that leaves me nothing. Yeah, mm. kind of fits in for maybe how AJ feels because you know maybe doesn't really know totally because how tony's life is kind of in the shadows you know his father's life is sort of a mystery to him and him not actually following in the shoes maybe a bit of a reach here trying to make all this uh tie in here but you know anyway the the i like it the, the little new new metal i like it new new metal breakdown i wanted to give here because uh i can go on for like uh you know fucking 30 minutes talking about aj and his whole new metal phase if you will because i'd say through season one to about season five you see heavy through aj's clothing Mm -hmm. his room posters obviously there's this song playing uh i think there's like a deicide song plays at one point that tony's like uh sleeping at like two in the afternoon aj's blasting it but uh you know yeah you get all these um all these uh metal nods of through AJ, especially particularly new metal, you get Slipknot 
uh, cold chamber. He wears a sweatshirt. Get some cold chamber posters and the crazy horse as well. That's pretty funny. Mm. But, uh, got a Pantera. AJ's got a few shirts. Nine Inch Nails. The Mudvayne concert, of course. Hello. What happened to his fucking eyebrows? <laughs> Mudvayne. New metal shit. That's what happened. But um, I think a lot of these um, bands and this type of music highlight something about AJ that's so particular that and maybe a lot of teenagers that listen to this genre and there's maybe other genres that also touch on these these aspects but um you get a lot of um kind of ang- social anxieties and like angst and uh ideas of fitting in and being an outcast and I feel like a lot of that type of music speaks to that which is maybe how oh. AJ feels at that time period, I, I'd say, you know, I think that could be a uh, pretty good judgment, uh, you know. I'd agree with you on that one. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, like I said, I, I can go on for a while talking AJ Metal, but, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, keep it nice and brief, you know, just. Uh, well, you fucks wait, AJ. Little, a little something. Fucks. But, uh, yeah, you know. Look around AJ's room, check out his clothing, let us know he's... Yeah, it's definitely featured a ton. It's very heavily featured. Whoever did the choosing for that also was, uh, like, spot on. I feel like it just absolutely highlights not only, like I said, just the personality traits, maybe um, things that he would connect with uh, that music, but Mm -hmm. um, just that time period, they hit the... I feel like I was somewhat around AJ's age at that time, maybe younger, probably younger, actually, now that that time. But uh, definitely was a huge Pantera, Cold Chamber fan. Yeah, all that good stuff, Slipknot. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah, I think it, yeah. Wouldn't make sense to have the rebellious young AJ listening to NSYNC in the Backstreet Boys. No, would not, yeah. Definitely wouldn't hit as hard, for sure. Not quite. Great music. Great, you know. It's for good. for it's a certain good. year, absolutely. No, yeah, you know, they, give those give those bands their credit for what they did. Sure, sure thing. The next one up for me, uh, season three, episode nine, the Telltale Mutadel. Bit of a change up from metal here. Oh yeah, <laughs> Qu- quite quite so. <laughs> I who have nothing from Ben E King, man yeah. that Dan and I were kind of talking about before this oh, podcast. Yeah. We were just Googling some stuff, talking about this, that, and the others. When you realize things, connections, yeah. Other songs. Yeah, he's he's part of the Drifters. This magic moment. What the fuck do we know? We're just kids here. What the fuck do we know? We're just... Give us a fucking break. Yeah, we're new here. We're new here. (laughs) But yeah, this is... um, We've talked about many times, especially in the first musical uh podcast the musical number that we did the first time first musical number (laughs) (laughs) we we mentioned we both have very broad tastes in music this is kind of one that for somebody in our age group typically wouldn't necessarily expect to stick out in a you know in a really positive way but i listened to it again this is i have a, a playlist from i don't know maybe 50 or so songs from from the show that really stand out and then I feel, and then some of them, I have a really long playlist from basically the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, got this one on both the fucking playlists. <laughs> so uh, it's pop- just running. Yeah, it's all the fucking time. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I hear it. Uh, I listen to it a bunch. So we hear it at the end of the episode very briefly while we still see, you know, some of the episodes still going on. 
this is when Tony and Carmella are in the kitchen after Tony just woke up. Uh, this is some of the beginning era, beginning stuff of Tony and Gloria. This is the episode when Tony gifted Car- Carm the beautiful diamond earrings, mm-hmm. right? Or was it no the ring? Uh, yeah, it's the ring, and then she bought herself the earrings because right, when it comes down, that's right, what he's right. noticing first. A little restraint, right. <laughs> a little restraint, because there's like a necklace that, just, and, but it's you know Christmas is coming, so you know maybe we'll see. Um, but. <laughs> So AJ's on the gutters, on the roof, cleaning the gutters. What gutters? Right. So so we we hear it for a very brief portion of the end of the episode, and then it plays through the credits. The song, the song is, it's a very, it's it's a sad song, really, uh, as you might expect with the title, I Who Have Nothing. (laughs) But it's about, it's about somebody who's actually. (laughs) happy song, yeah. (laughs) I got nothing. It's about (laughs) Buddhism. I'm giving it all up. Nothing to lose. I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to lose. Nothing to gain, T. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Maron. Anyway, <laughs> so so the song is actually about this guy, this man who's in love with another woman, and but the woman is in an, in a relationship, or in love with a woman who is in another relationship, I should say, and he just has no other choice but to just watch from afar and sit sadly. And um, I who have nothing is very literal, <laughs> and it kind of hits for me. Two things kind of stood out about it. First the man being in pain because of a woman being in love with somebody else. And this is the Gloria era with Tony. So that kind of hits on more of Gloria stuff that we haven't actually gotten to quite yet, but we're going to. It also hits on some of Carm's stuff because Carm is, we're at the point in the show where she's really, really annoyed with Tony fucking everybody <laughs> and not being loyal and not being faithful and all that's all she wants is for him to prove it to me and that she, you're just going to be faithful. She's got nothing. Right. right. She's getting nothing. Uh, right. So <laughs> so she kind of feels like Tony's not dedicating her love or his love to her. So you could kind of look at it from from both aspects and then yeah. What's also interesting to me is Carm and Gloria are kind of both looking at each other in a sense and thinking I have nothing because <laughs> Gloria is looking at Carm and he's got, she's got Tony, she's got the family, she's got it all, she's got everything. And Carm doesn't really know to look at Gloria in like totally this sense, but Gloria has a career and she makes her own money and she can do things and she's got actual options and like power of her own in terms of like having a financial setup of her own. And that's what Carm really wants and she doesn't have at all she's entirely reliant so Carm is looking at a Gloria figure and thinking I have nothing because she's got it all and Gloria is looking at Carm and thinking I have nothing because she's got it all so fuck me oh Jesus Christ <laughs> Jesus T you figured the triangle out <laughs> or it's not a I guess not a complete triangle now, now I feel like I'm fucking lost in the Buma triangle what the fuck jeez yeah but that yeah is, that is yeah that is some if you if you stuck with my Charlie Day Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh the Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> yes. Yes, you know, with the everything yeah. on the on the board with all the craziness. <laughs> but yeah, so connecting everything. Boxes right full of Pepe. <laughs> I th- I think um I think maybe there might be a little bit of a of a reach on my part just because we haven't gotten to all that stuff at this point in the show. But I, I you know, I thought it thought it was all interesting. <laughs> 
That's that's a good connection there. I like that one. That is very, very good stuff. But um, on uh, we go uh, to a a slow ride. Let's take a slow ride with the fog hat. Because that's uh, who we got up next. uh, Which you don't hear too uh, clearly, really. It's playing in the background of the bang. The bada bang. Where... Tony, where Chrissy is there, he's with Tony, Sil, Paulie, the usual crew, you know, chilling at the Bing on an afternoon, just talking about uh, Adriana because she can't have uh, children. So Chrissy's a little uh, worried about that. He's confiding with his friends, saying, you know, what the fuck do I do? And you get Slow Ride playing in the background, which, great classic rock song. I mean, there's uh, not much you could really extrapolate from this one other than i think the main lyric slow ride take it easy the whole vibe of their conversation with chris is kind of take it easy you know Mm -hmm. just take it slow take it easy with uh, adriana and things will work out you know so i don't know if that's just you know another just great song playing in the bing or just uh you know, maybe some little clever hinting there, you know, just wink, for, wink, for Chris, how you doing? For Chris to, you know, just take it easy. <laughs> but, uh, take it easy. What is he? Oh, with the, oh, the Melfi's therapist. Uh, what the fuck's his name? I'm thinking of, uh, Bogdanovich. Kupferberg? Kup- yeah, Elliot. Yeah, I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> thinking of his actual name. Uh, well, he's, I think he's, he said, definitely says it a couple times, but yeah. But that, that, that was, that was yeah. gotta be my favorite. He turned around, take it easy. <laughs> Uh, fuck. Oh, but uh moving on yeah it's uh yeah so i think that's uh that's really all of that uh slow ride fog hat great band great song check out fog hat get yourself a fog horn well, yeah. get yourself a fog hat what is a fog hat anyway probably uh what bobby's hat his train hat i think that's a fog hat Sounds well, let's, right. let's, let's go with it let's go with that anyway Moving on to season five, we got Session by Linkin Park, a great little instrumental playing, again, in the bing, where else? (laughs) That's where the music plays. Um, But this song, no lyrics, so nothing to really pull out of this one other than just kind of facial expressions from James, the great James Gandolfini, man, just friggin' killing it as always. Um... It reminds me somewhat of like the uh, paparazzi, the exhibit, you know, kind of ending out an episode with this just great instrumental and just more visually kind of, you know, just playing the scene. And he had just told uh, Artie and Tony B and them Mm. about uh, Fran Felstein and kind of, you know, chalked it up to, uh, not chalked it up, uh, like worked it up to like, you know, to her being such a great person. you know, great woman and beautiful and this and that. And clearly we know that uh, by the end of his, you know, uh, conversations with her, that that didn't seem to be the case. He was kind of maybe a bit more disgusted in her and uh, (laughs) resentful of her and the relationship she had with uh, his father. But uh, that's neither here nor there. But um, the uh, song playing and Tony smoking a cigar taking a shot of scotch there great fucking music choice and just great way to end out that episode 
I feel like it helps create the image of just like his brain is just rattling around right now. Absolutely, yeah. It really does because it just had that. It's kind of like it it has that kind of back and forth kind of wonky feel to it almost. It does, yeah. And the ending for sure, the way the the kind of like that zooming onto the look on his face, grinding kind of synth sound that ends out on. Um, Great, uh, yeah. Just really set for what uh, Tony is feeling in that moment. Just great shit. But uh, it goes into another song, actually, that kicks it for the credits, which is a bit of a change-up. It's a Melancholy Serenade. Oh, Melancholy, kind of how Tony might be feeling there. But uh, it's the Jackie Gleason show theme. Hmm. Jackie Gleason, uh, who you may know as, uh, you know, Reginald Van Veen. Tongue twisting here. Reginald Van Gleason III. are you fat. That is the great Jackie Gleason, uh, also played great Ralph Cramden on The Honeymooners. Season 5, chock full of Honeymooner Jackie Gleason references. We get through Tony B, Tony Soprano himself. Uh, they're watching some Honeymooners at uh, at a point in the, in the fifth season. So, so very many references, but uh, also another just instrumental... Just to uh, follow up with that, uh, Lincoln Park one, and a melancholy serenade. Just like I said, sets sets that tone for how Tony's feeling, kind of melancholy. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So, I uh, and again, we've said this once or twice before. I think we actually said this last time. There's a lot of fans who deny things, so they're like, "Oh no, it's too on the nose." They were never on the nose. Hey, what do you mean? They come on, my ass. They weren't on the nose. Sometimes it just, you know, they didn't have to bash you over the face with it. Yes. You know, melancholy serenade. It's right there. <laughs> it's right fucking there, T. Yes, it's uh, about you. It's you, T. T. <laughs> yep, yeah, and uh, yeah, you know uh, the. Uh... Ain't a general. <laughs> Uh, start with that Reginald Van Gleeson shit. <laughs> yeah, no, d- definitely a, a good one. For sure. Yes, sir. For me now, we have uh, Summer Snow by Lou Christie, and this is uh, Long Term Parking. Uh, Uh-oh. Season five. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. But it's got Uh-oh. nothing to do with eight, all right? So put down your swords. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody swords. relax. Everybody relax. We're going to be all right. This is... uh Take so. <laughs> This is actually we. It's pretty quick, and it just it. Uh, we really don't hear too many lyrics from this one either. We hear it at the beginning and the end as Phil is sitting in the the social club in New York, and as he f- pans in and out of the flashback of you know the shooting of his brother Billy and him, uh, we kind of just get a, was a fucking kid. <laughs> we kind of get like a little doo wop in and out of it. Uh, I've li- I've listened to the whole song, and I gotta say, it gives me a little much different feel than this part of the song, which does happen from time to time. You know that if you are a fan of TikTok, you'll find out, or you already found out that a quick uh, glimpse or a, cl- a brief little clip from a song can possibly give you a much different feel. It's kind of what I got with this one, but I think it really does help. <clears throat> You know, create a nice little tone of the old old school vibe with Philly. You got the old school classic checkered uh, tablecloth on the table where he's uh, just sitting there reminiscing. And uh, I don't know, I kind of just like the do what, do what, do what, do what. 
and for some reason i just kind of liked it i i, I don't know I, I i i enjoy it every time yeah what yeah it do? hits you know what because uh, like you said, you know, reminiscing, thinking back, kind of like that uh, with the mystic eyes before that down mm-hmm. neck, you know, thinking to a song from a certain time, you kind of reminisce back and uh, helps carry that uh, thought along. But uh, for sure, good stuff. Good the stuff. No, next, no more of this butchie. Yeah, no more, no more. <laughs> <laughs> but they. Ch- <laughs> <clears throat> Our name was Leonardo, but they changed it at Ellis Island to Leotardo. Why would they do that? Because they're stupid. <laughs> the way he says Leotardo oh, cracks man. me up. Like it's like it's such a terrible name in that in its own. <laughs> Anywho, moving on now to season six, we have the premiere episode, members only, episode one. One of my favorites. Definitely a great one. For many reasons that we won't go into right now. Artie Shaw and Helen Forrest brought you Comes Love. This is the song that's playing in Junior's house when Tony is cooking Junior's dinner. And Junior ultimately ends up shooting Tony. And I think there's actually... (laughs) I think there's actually a little bit going on here with that one. Um, Again, another one that's... This one goes way back. If you recall in the show, you can hear it's uh, an, an older song. I believe it was the the fifties. Believe it was, and the the song is kind of all about that we're all powerless to love. That you know we can't do anything about it. And one of the lines is, "Here comes love. Nothing can be done." And that is kind of, in a lot of ways, responsible for Tony getting shot. Is just the fact that he loves Junior. Because number one, going way back, the only reason he still has a relationship with Junior at this very moment after Junior planned to hit on him is because Junior's his uncle. It was good for business, but we'll ignore that. It's because it was Junior, Junior was his uncle. Yes. And um, then, just in general, Tony being there in that actual moment, you could call it a labor of love. Junior's yeah. losing it. He's losing his fucking marbles. Janice and, Tony, uh, Janice and Bobby are gone. Nobody can watch Junior. Somebody's got to take care of Junior. Who's gonna give? Who's who's gonna be the caregiver for who's Junior? Who's gonna feed Junior his spaghetti? Who's gonna fucking do it? Who's gonna do it? That's <laughs> another thing I just want to say because that scene, um, Junior says, you know, at one point when it, right before shooting, him, you know, who who who's down there? Because he hears Tony making noise, and Tony answers back, "Already sure, ten minutes." You know, what I'm saying <laughs> for the pasta to be. Uh, cooked to al dente perfection oh yeah you know so yeah that's that's really it for me on that one but i but i do think that is definitely a little wink wink because like i said if it's not for love tony would have popped junior a long time ago and he definitely he's not feeding any other old man their fucking dinner <laughs> not that uh not that we know of <laughs> he was not happy to have to go there he only ends up going there because it's his fucking mm, uncle no yeah and his his phone died too you know that uh right when he's on the stukats she's the fucking razors they didn't last for shit those oh, fucking yeah, batteries they look nice nice and sleek shit didn't really hold the bars didn't hold those bars <laughs> um but yeah Artie Shaw Hums Love great song and then we got uh, All Right Now All Right Now baby it's All Right oh, yeah. Now yeah hit it hit it by free by the band free and that plays 
If you don't know by now, that plays when they're robbing the Vipers. <laughs> they're robbing the Vipers of their nice wine uh, that they're stealing. Or they're stealing a safe. They're, they're stealing a safe. Tony and Chris are stealing wine, for, right? That's how it goes. Yes, it is. So everybody's stealing. So, you know, everybody wins, you know? Fuck. <laughs> but uh, nobody knows nothing. It's all right now, exactly like the song says. But that's, uh, you know, another uh, another classic rock uh, hit. You know, you hear this one on the radio probably uh, every other fucking day. Classic, classic Some song. great renditions, too, for sure. Other renditions? I haven't heard other... I've I've been listening to one recently. I think, it was, I think it's by the band Superhuman, I believe. ESPN used it in the hockey playoff commercials so if you're a hockey fan or an espn viewer and you've seen some of the commercials maybe um i'll have to send it you away it's got a little bit of a newer not a little bit definitely got a newer feel to it um I did not know of this rendition yeah, learned cool. something new every day t but uh anyway we're talking about the og here <laughs> the real and fucking the, but uh free the band you know it was kind of a one-hit wonder if you will you know not many uh you know they didn't didn't really last too long as a band, but uh, that's because, well, the singer, he had kind of went on to uh, another band called Bad Company, another big classic rock band for you rockers out there who would know. But uh, if that voice is familiar, that may be why. And uh, you know what? Something about All Right Now, maybe, you know, the it's one of those songs, you know what? Maybe it's just classic rocks about a guy and a girl, you know. Typical love rock song, whatever, but it seems to be just like Tony and Chris's last bonding moment with, uh, you know, this song mm-hmm. playing over the background. And it kind of gives you that sense like, all right, everything will be all right now in that kind of, you know, in that way. But it doesn't seem to, uh, you know, that's like I said, their last bonding moment because it doesn't seem to go uphill from there, just down. It really um, it's a great choice, though, because it's it's so it's so perfectly captures the kind of like freeness of the moment yeah. kind of the the chaos of the moment and there's yeah, there's the kind of little like guitar solo interlude mm-hmm. that happens i guess while they're kind of you know holding up at gunpoint and then driving off and then as they're driving back off it kind of kicks back into like the main that main verse uh you know chorus and when chrissy's sticking out the windows i feel like it really hits for me so like kind of what you're talking about there yeah yeah i fucking got him and it kicks back into that (laughs) actually something when i was googling uh that guitarist he had passed at like 25 real real young yeah Mm. unfortunate yeah freaking classic uh very classic iconic guitar riff uh, Mm. so unfortunate for that guy but uh left a legacy for sure very much so very much so and not coincidentally or coincidentally depending depending on how you want to look at it a song from me that i enjoy that sticks out uh we hear at the end of this little adventure as tony and christopher uh, have finished up their dinner and we have like a very quick little like three little a brief glimpse of the highway and the cars passing by and we hear midnight rider this one is not the almond brothers it is buddy miles <laughs> <The> <laughs> almond brothers who the fuck are they 
I don't know. I every time I hear it, I just kind of wish we hear more of it. I wish we see more of that part. Just like give me more of them in the car, just so I can continue <laughs> to hear the song because I, I feel like it just it let, hits really well. Let Tony and Chris's happy moments last forever <laughs> with this beautiful music. Please, please, David Chase. It means so much David to me. David Chase, Maron, Maron. Uh, Buddy Miles, yeah, doing that version. Buddy Miles of the. Uh, for those uh, f- who are familiar with Jimi Hendrix, he was in the Band of Gypsies, a very short-lived band from like 69 to 70. A little trio of him drumming, Jimi Hendrix on guitar vocals, and I think Billy Cox on bass. Great little band. Check them out. I think uh, there's a song from them that plays near the end of the series, but hey, we'll save that for the next music episode. <laughs> Because we have next for you episode 10 of season 6, Mo and Joe, uh, My Way by none other than Frank Sinatra. I don't know. I, for me, oh, blue eyes. For me, it's either My Way or uh, That's Life when it comes to <laughs> him. You could say it's My Way or The Highway. It's, I don't know. It's for me, <laughs> oh, it's either My Way or the fucking highway. That's life. <laughs> no, but when it comes to old blue eyes, the top of the list, I would have, I'm putting those two. One, I don't, not to not to dive into a completely different tangent here. I would get dive into some Frank. Yeah, shit, what's but, my favorite Frank? Song? But yeah, those Always are the two good. for me. Um, oh, that's life. what's a luck be a lady tonight. That's mm, that's, a, yeah. that's a good one. Um, there's well, another, people are, it was a very good year fan that's another good that is another one for sure um, I have one on the tip of my tongue I have but anywho yeah we can, we can go on nevertheless Vito has this bad boy He's he's got a plane in his car as he's driving back from uh, New Hampshire and at this point he's in He's in Massachusetts. I took a very keen look at the license plate of the car that he crashes into. It says Massachusetts, so I know that's where he is. Massachusetts. It's a high-grade investive work on my behalf. Thank you for that. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of just a feel song in this sense because it's kind of a little bit of a goodbye song, and this is we're at the end here for Vito, as as we all know. It's a little bit of his beginning of his swan song <laughs> and then if you want to look at things Ooh. a little interestingly i don't know i'm just putting this out there i don't know a little bit of comedy a little tongue-in-cheek <laughs> here <laughs> this is good i like this one the old uh the record shows i took the blows oh and the did catch. it my way i mean are you kidding <laughs> it's, me it's right there it's right I there mean, are you fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> it's geez, that's yeah it's perfect it's really it's, I, I yeah i kind of feel like it's too good to pass up <laughs> like even though again on the nose tongue-in-cheek whatever you want to call it fucking fine <laughs> tongue, tongue-in-cheek oh <laughs> tongue-in-cheek you watch your fucking mouth here filthy about it <laughs> That security guard was a nice man. (laughs) He was a saint. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And 
That's life. That's the fucking song that I was thinking of. Oh, that's what that's what I, that's, I, I maybe you didn't hear. I was saying my way or that's life. That's yeah, what that's, that's what I was getting caught up with the my way or the highway. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, no, that's life. <sighs> Great song. That's great. Yeah, that, definitely very much so. But nevertheless, that's Frankie for you with with Vito. Um, yeah, again, like I said, I, I kind of so think that good, I think it was, I would have to say probably more so the goodbye song element of it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe as he's listening, he's just like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm sorry. It's just, come on. You know, <laughs> I took the blows. <laughs> Frank just set up the pins and David and somebody at the, whoever chose that song knocked him down. <laughs> just, he was playing the keys. I was just dancing along. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit man. oh god's right great one man the uh the the last one for me so my swan song if you will <laughs> in this episode at least and uh, we kind of referenced it earlier we hear this one in sopranos home videos we get two little hits of it it is this magic moment so and this is another interesting usage of we we talked about before with Conte Partero using it in the episode and using it in the soundtrack we hear it for about again a couple of seconds when we have that shot of Tony the back of Tony looking out into the lake and we hear the song playing and then it actually cuts into Janice and Bobby in the house and Jan and Bobby has it on the radio and then he changes the radio and then the song changes and they're talking about, I don't like the way he's sitting. What? People sit in chairs. <laughs> People sitting. sit in chairs. <laughs> I know that sitting in the chair thing. <laughs> People sit in chairs. This is crazy. <laughs> the way Janice is looking, just like, I know that fucking sitting yeah. in the chair thing he's doing. <laughs> what but the uh the big play of the song is at the the end of the episode and it plays into the credits but um as we see bobby walking back into the yard and the first we get the shot of janice with the the couple that is there uh you know who's there for the weekend or after came up after tony and carm with nika and their two kids the couple that is there they're playing and it has this like mystical dreamlike like you know janice is has got this great smile on she's got a nice dress she's glowing there's like an there's like a glow of like behind her a nice little tint with the yeah. water and the sun and maron it's beautiful it's a, it's a magic moment hey, if oh you will. hello <laughs> <laughs> and then the episode ends and goes to the credits as we see bobby looking out into the water holding nika and we hear everything i want i have whenever i hold you tight oh again don't Just tell me he didn't hit it on the fucking tell nose me. don't you tell hit me it on the fucking nose when, but in hit- all seriousness this comes right off right after Bobby put the hit on the young man who there are theories about daughter's son daughter son of <laughs> son of Janice possibly oh, but nevertheless oh, uh, Bo- Bobby's even you know that notwithstanding this is Bobby's first uh, Bobby's first body the first first time he caught a body so Bobby he caught a body yeah he's uh, and I think that's something we see very subtly and quietly throughout the rest of the show is that there's a, a very tinge of, very, very small tinge of like rem, dark, not necessarily darkness, but just remove, being removed that Bobby is because he's now, 
you pop this cherry. You never pop your cherry in that regard, right? Come to think of it. But uh, yeah, so I, I think he's really feeling just the, you know, cherishing his daughter, loving his daughter, holding his daughter, right. you know, after he just took a life and now he's he's got this young life, you know, that he's in love with and take care of and the whole nine. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think there's that going on on top of he literally... It's holding it fucking tight, people. Don't don't tell me. Come on. Don't tell this man. Don't just don't besmirch the man. Don't besmirch the man, Janice. <laughs> um, another connection for you there, because from the Drifters, also uh, Benny King, as yes. we mentioned before. Another Drifter song plays uh, in that episode as well, if you recall. Well, under the boardwalk. Oh, another drifter song. Oh, with a schlong in Jane's mouth. He uh, took that so seriously. That's my wife. You Sopranos, you go too far. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a great, great little fight scene and uh, another magic moment, if you will. <laughs> and real quick on the magic moment, we see it in a sense. Uh, it's one of the handful of songs that we see on the jukebox that Tony is flipping through at the the finale in when he goes into Holston's. Yes, There's sir. about I don't know maybe four or five. You you know he flips. I, I'd say he maybe flips the page once or twice before he ends up landing on the one that he lands on and picks. You know don't stop believing. And I'd say maybe you could see three, four, five, six, seven. No, yeah, probably like three yeah. or four, maybe five songs in you know in that flip of the page and all that. And this magic moment was the one that I saw the clearest. I know you've looked at yeah. it before. There's there's a couple of those that you I can have the pick nab. somewhere on my camera roll. I know but, uh, the other Journey song is any way you want it. Anyway it could have been that. Let's, which, which I mean. I, yeah, I think oh, about it. I'm like that. Uh, thing, that would have been that would have yeah. been cold if they uh, cut yeah. any way you want it. Cut to black. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I gotta say real quick before, and then I'm gonna hand it off to you, because we talked about this before we started. I was at the I was finishing up a rewatch recently, and I had a couple episodes left last night, so I figured, as we mentioned, anniversary of James Gandolfini. I was like, you know what? Let me let me finish this tonight. This, this feels fit, fitting, and as we've also I think we mentioned it before. We've, we've definitely at least talked about it. Every time it cuts to black, you fucking feel it. And you're like, what the fuck? Even though you totally know it's coming. So, like, I was, it was late at night at this point, and my room, I was in, in the dark, and I'm a single man, I'm by myself. So, it cuts to black, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> fucking happened again. <laughs> but then after, it, I feel like it, it stays black for maybe like seven seconds or so. And about right. like four or five, you're like, Wait, did something happen? Did I lose power? Oh, okay, because no. <laughs> it, 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 it really, especially when you're sitting in a black room when the TV was the <laughs> only light, you're like thinking it's kind of a second a too second. long. Did, yeah. it cut out? did I? Is everything okay here? My, uh, my Max app dis- disconnected. It, it really, it's uh, it's it's genuinely pure genius. Yeah, it, it's pure genius. As, as much as it might not have been. Uh, satisfactory especially in the moment when we were totally shocked by it yeah or um, even you know people there are plenty of people now who watch it and had know nothing about it we we talked about my experience was we grew up we were around it i kind of missed we were a little bit too young to watch it when it was airing for the most part so we remember the conversation about for weeks months the yeah. outrage it was <laughs> recently I, because the anniversary of that was about oh, about a week ago or so, uh, they had it not only on newspapers, 
they had it on the back of sport pages which like <laughs> I, they were like doubling up they, they, they could front and back yeah, yeah. my own crazy I, it was crazy crazy That's, crazy yeah. only only this show could do it man only this show but um but yeah just a couple last ones just to uh you know just go through a couple other good ones uh we got uh, some Howlin' Wolf, uh, which uh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but I uh, woke up this morning, actually utilizes some Howlin' Wolf samples. He was a uh, a classic blues artist. Uh, you may be familiar with his song Smokestack Lightning. That's a, that's a pretty popular old bluesy song from him. But, uh, you know, the blues, AJ. Everybody gets the blues. But uh, Tony's get, got the blues at this moment. Uh, this song's playing Going Down Slow is the song and that's playing when they're at the casino he's betting on metal gold and he does not win and everything slows down and that song is playing just before um the race uh kicks off i think they cut the music i think for the race um but uh the song comes back at the end of the episode to end it out this is after tony visits hesh to, to give uh him the money that he was uh you know asking for and Renata had passed. It was a kind of a somber moment for uh, you know for Hesh there, but uh, Tony he's uh, he's kind of happy with himself, but uh, still like the song says, kind of going down slow. Mm-hmm. I feel like that uh, you know, like we keep saying on the fucking nose. These songs, come on, come on now, open on up fucking your fucking nose. eyes. And this is uh, season six, episode sixteen. So this is uh, what's chasing it. Um, you know, Tony's chasing it, but uh, you know, he's just going down slow, man. You know, just taking him down. And and the song, the lyrics, it's um, something about uh, kind of like a kind of like a goodbye, kind of like you're saying, like a swan song, if you will. Mm-hmm. Kind of that's how it feels like. How mm-hmm. Wolf, the lyrics. Uh, Kind of like, uh, you know, I, I've lived life and this is it and I'm going down slow, you know, and that's how Tony's feeling at that moment, I, I think. But. As, a, as a little sidebar we talked about before, chasing it, that's one of those, I think something went around, not from us, but something may went around on Twitter about this recently, the little lines that you quote from the show that like aren't really big things, but you can end up finding a way in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And for me, you start chasing it. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm always, always, I'm always, you start chasing it. Yeah. So you think you got it and, you, and you're chasing it. Yeah. You fucking have a flop or two on Twitter and you stop cha- You start chasing it. <laughs> you start chasing it. I, I need that fucking high. <laughs> I need the endorphins of the fucking lights. that candy, that candy carpet smell. I need to get high off it, D. And for any of you douchebags wondering, I was kidding, all right? I'm going to get the endorphins off the fucking likes. I get it off the retweets. Oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Our final song to end out this beautiful podcast episode of music. And what a song to end it out on then. Riding by Ch- Chamillionaire. Is that you? Ch- Chamillionaire? Am I Chamillionaire. 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 But, uh,. They see me rolling, they hating, patrolling, and trying to catch me riding dirty. AJ in his uh, depressed state, and uh, that's, I believe, the second coming episode, right? And this is not long before his unfortunate uh, suicide attempt, but uh, I felt this was a pretty great moment, not just for 
uh, I mean, not a great moment. Forgive me for <laughs> saying that. Great acting moment for Robert Eiler. Mm-hmm. Let me re- rephrase that. A uh, great <laughs> moment in that, but obviously a very sad scene with a pretty upbeat, somewhat song playing mm-hmm. at a very loud volume. And I thought it was kind of odd the first time here uh, watching the scene and then thinking like, you know what, AJ's in this depressed state and he's trying to literally drown out emotions, no pun intended there, you know. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just that kind of turning up that music, that waking up, the way he's kind of staring around, just kind of sighs and then just lays back in bed. It's just fucking superb acting right. on Robert Isla's part. Like and the, the, yeah, the total, it's a great point. Like the way he has no reaction to that, even though, you know, he did it himself, but the the way he's the way he's not reacted to that it's so not for that moment and he just doesn't give a shit yeah just doesn't care it's just trying to great point you know just drown the uh, emotion you know and yeah that just uh you know tony he's uh i think he hears it from the shot shoots tony and he's visibly uh agitated at the at the charmillionaire you know tony's riding dirty though tony rides dirty all the time and it's also one of those songs that Grew up in a hot time for the two of us at an age, a time, and a place. (laughs) I was going to say, I remember people with their screen names like Riding Dirty, 69, whatever. It's one of those songs that immediately brings you back to that time. Like As soon as you hear it, I'm in, it's 2005, this jerk-off's got the Nokia, this fucking (laughs) douchebag's got a Von Dutch hat on. A Von Dutch hat, (laughs) shit. You're painting the picture, T. I could see it. And I got a fucking it's a masterpiece. I got a kid down the block asking me for a fucking T-Mobile sidekick. I don't even know what the fuck a T-Mobile sidekick <laughs> is. He wants a fucking friend now. I gotta fucking buy him a friend. What the fuck is this? They fucking buy friends now when I'm in the human trafficking. Oh my god. What now? <laughs> That's they should have they they should have found a way to write that in. <laughs> AJ wants a fucking sidekick. What a I, I gotta go what, to the like human Bat- trafficking now. Batman and fucking Robin. <laughs> What she was shy kick for? No, that's Anthony. That's that's a it's a mobile phone. <laughs> Why didn't he just say that then? <laughs> mobile? What's a mobile? Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed the musical stylings that we had for you here. Like like we've said, you know, many times we'll beat the drum more t- one more time. It really is a uh, a big tool in the show the music it, it it in a lot of ways tells the story helps highlights the story creates an, an atmosphere and a, and a feeling that is necessary that really helps jolt the show off the page you know i think a lot of people i've who i've talked to spoken to rather about this um for i think a lot of reasons it can kind of go under the radar because i think th- they do have a way of doing things subtly where you don't always quite notice and the acting and the writing in the show is so captivating that you can just get lost in it. So I know a lot of people who, you know, say they're big music fans or they really enjoy music and shows and stuff like that who haven't necessarily caught up on all these things. Not that we're pointing out, but that are in the show because there's tons more that we haven't pointed out. I just think, uh, again, it's David Chase. Like we... I don't know if I said this at the beginning of the podcast or before we started, but sometimes 
you know the things that they did on the show creatively you sit back and you're just like how the fuck did they think of that yeah. and it's not necessarily that it was just like pure genius but it's just like there's so many things going through my mind in a day and i wasn't writing for 86 episodes and 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 you know uh balancing all these things and multiple characters and trying to thread in other storylines and and all those other stuff all those other things and david chase who was so responsible for this who was in you know in the creative process for basically every aspect of the show he had so many things going on that he was able to like you know basically you know like matrix his brain and you know just like <laughs> wait that i got a song for this and just like here we go locked and loaded oh it's crazy yeah it's it's um it's it was truly a uh, mastermind yeah in that music realm for sure i think he had a lot of help too from uh, stevie van zandt as well definitely a big uh i was just in watching that uh like i said that um clip of him the rascals induction at the rock and roll hall of fame uh that man is like a music historian Mm. he's just the mind of a just the mind of a music genius there but um also just tie back like you were saying uh with like the woke up this morning how there was that that woman she got the murder charge and then ended up getting cleared in 96 and then the song came out in 97 it's like an odd thing how just all these things fell into place at the perfect time it was like just the stars aligned and this show was just you know the the planet born it's it's a great it's a great point because so many times and part of this is because you know things get like kind of pigeonholed once they reach a certain status but a lot of times um you know famous movies or or shows they'll be like very noteworthy actors that maybe will have other roles or did other things or so on and so forth but like you said when it comes to the song and when it came to many of the actors a lot of you know they had done other things but for most of them this is where they became known from and and still to this day uh no offense to any of them not that i think they're listening but i kind (laughs) of think maybe lorraine brocco's the one that is not most notable with the show because her character in goodfellas is so iconic and that movie so iconic. Right. But I would say basically everybody else who was in the show, again, Stevie Van Zandt, you can put him into another corner, <laughs> but every other person the who was in the show, you see them and you think their character in The Sopranos, or you, you think about the show first and foremost. Edie Falco, she's had a great career. I right. still think that's how people view still, her. Still running. <laughs> still going. Yeah, I mean, Michael, Michael Imperioli, again, same yeah, thing. Same. We, we still, talked about his kind of recent resurgence. Yeah. Um, but he'll forever be Christopher from the Sopranos it will always be a huge part of his storyline and his way he's introduced and you know and his 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 background and everything um but yeah so many things made this great and even David Chase this isn't you know Martin Scorsese and again you know movies and TVs are different <laughs> but this isn't Scorsese and Tarantino is like you're not going to go through Chase's entire library and be like it was hit after fucking hit to be quite honest with yeah. you, I don't know a fucking other thing he did other than the many saints of Newark. Yeah. So fucking Rockford Files. I don't even know the exact episode. Yeah, I, he was right. There was he did things before The Sopranos, and I'm not sure what he's done since then. And he <clears throat> a lot of other episodes and other TV shows, and I, I'm sure he did great work before that. But it's just very interesting how there's a lot of things like you said, it just perfectly came together that weren't like obvious. You know, it wasn't Robert De Niro and it wasn't Martin Sheen, who was, you know, a great TV actor at that time, <laughs> or, um, you know, other uh, it wasn't 
they didn't t- I'm trying to think of night they didn't take uh, Jerry Seinfeld and, and turn him <laughs> into a serious actor or you know they didn't they didn't pick what's obvious the deal cho- with those <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with the asbestos <laughs> at Barone Sanitation <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! But but yeah, it's uh, he, he yeah you know he, it, he just had a great eye at that time and a, a great, great eye great timing put, like you said put a lot of people on the map. Um, definitely brought a lot of faces out that uh, you wouldn't have necessarily considered. Um, and I guess that same goes with the music as well. I guess right so, that was kind of the point so, I was making with this, so many with these guys. The, yeah, right. Yeah. So so yeah uh, the um. So many of these, I mean, just woke up this morning, just as uh, a prime example, I'd say um, HBO paying them the 500 they made, you know, over these years, 400,000 and God knows how much more since then. Uh, that was 2019. But uh, yeah, this is just, you know, immeasurable the, uh, you know, how much these people were blown up just from this great show and being chosen, being the chosen one. Oh, oh, <laughs> what do you fucking know? Uh, yeah. so, so, sometimes it all just comes together. I wouldn't fucking know. It's never happened to me. <laughs> hey, not yet. Still time. One Still of these time. fucking days, don't. One of these days. But, but again, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, we hope you fire up some of these songs if you haven't been fans of them previously. Or maybe listen to some of these episodes. Check them out. Follow the YouTube. Fired up by Funky Green Dogs. There you go. It's a good place to start. <laughs> good one to start with. <laughs> and, uh,. Thank you for listening, folks. Yeah, hopefully we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Right, Danny-O? Yes, sir. Yes, T. You take it easy, folks. Have a good one.